the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This is the seventh part in our series on a spiritual checkup. This week, Dave looks into how God speaks. The main reading is Hebrews chapter 3 and the first part of chapter 4. So we've been looking at uh, obviously seeing, hearing, and uh, the voice of the Lord, how to hear the voice of the Lord. And we're just going to, again, just drop into um, how God speaks. And uh, never limit how God can speak. Thankfully, as we look through the Bible, he even uses a donkey. So thankfully, the Lord can even use us, can't he? He can use us. And uh, uh, so when God is not limited by anything, only by us not hearing or paying attention. Um, of course, our first, our foundational place where we hear God's word is his word, his written word. And of course, whatever he tells and asks us, he will never contradict that. So if you say, well, God has told me to do this and it contradicts the word, then it is not God who has told you. It is your own imagination or your flesh or the world or all those other voices. And as we said, many voices are around us. And we've got to differentiate um, between all those. And how do we do that? Mary gives us the example, spending time at Jesus' feet, tuning our ear to him. And, our, and our, we look at that and, and we look at different ways God speaks. And um, I'm glad that he, he, he's, he, he's always looking to touch and speak into our lives. Well, let's read our verses that we... Our foundational verses, uh, we should know this one off by art, of course, Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. There we are. We want light, we want lamp, we want revelation, we want understanding. His word, his word. And thankfully, um, when I've had some decisions, um, I, I, I remember one many, many years ago, which would have really changed the course of, of what I, my life, I suppose. And as soon as I was presented with the um, decision, I knew in my spirit what I should do. Um, uh, but then there's a wrestling then, isn't there? Because you know what you should do, but then, then all the other ideas, well, if I, did it, if, if I took this opportunity, it would present this and this and this, and it's a good opportunity, and all those things coming through your mind. And, but I knew uh, what I, I should do, and thankfully, because I read the Bible every day and into God's Word, um, I wasn't looking for anything. I just read it from cover to cover. That's how I read, from front to back. And as I was reading a particular verse in, in Ephesians, it was, it, it just jumped right out. It, it actually it spoke. It was. It is amazing how you think. How can how can it be? You know, I've read it so many times, but it was just spoke into the exact situation, confirming what I really knew I should do. But sometimes you just need that extra solidity to say, Dave, this is what this is the way you should go. Um, so thankfully, God's word is there for us. God's word is there for us. Uh, Two Timothy three. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. For correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, utterly equipped for every good work. 
Amen. So, yeah, that's the that's the generic word we know. All Scripture is given by God. It's God breathed. It's God breathed for doctrine, teaching, for reproof, for cha- correcting us, for uh, correction, which means to set up in the right way, to turn upside down from upside down to the right direction, for instruction, training a child. A child does not know how to behave. They got to be taught, left to their own devices. What happens? Dear me, it's, it's mayhem, isn't it? Absolute mayhem. You got to, you got to, you got to. I can say, like, knock him into shape, but uh, in, in 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 the right way, in the right way. Um, so, so the what the result is when we in God's word, when we let it have its way. The result is maturity, completeness, equipping, fully furnished. So every good work that comes across our path, and there are, there's everything, there's something every day, many things every day, because the Bible says we're to walk in them, Ephesians 2 verse 10, we are God's poem, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he already prepared in advance for us. And I think, Lord, what have I actually done today for you? And then I think, I wonder what I missed for you today. What have I missed today that I should have done? So God's word, thankfully, bless the Lord, it is. Our foundation, it is all that we need in one sense. Um, and God works through it, speaks through it. And uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 11. Now all these things happened unto, the, unto them for examples. And they are written for our admonition. Upon whom the ends of the world are come. Talking about Israel. He said these were written as examples. So they would tell us. Look, this is where they went wrong. And if you read 1 Corinthians 7, we've preached on that before. It was that the five things, and they have never changed really. Lust, lust uh, going the wrong way, grumbling, mourning, idolatry, all those things. They never change it. Man's heart doesn't change it. Nothing, as, as, uh, uh, nothing new under the sun, Solomon said. And it's, it's true enough. It? Nothing new under the sun. Um, we think of our, our world is, is warped. But you've only got to look at, at, at the commandments in, in Leviticus and that. You say, well, it was pretty warped then, wasn't it? What, what God says, this is wrong. Um, so there's nothing new. Into it. But God, these are examples to show us, to, ex- to say, look, this is where they fell. Thankfully, God doesn't cover over the faults and the failings of his saints or the other. Why? Because if we, when we look in, we can say, like, that's where they fell and that's where I'm not going to fall. Why did David fall? Because he wasn't, he was. He should have been in battle. He was at home being lazy, getting up in the middle of the afternoon. A lazy. He should have been fighting, shouldn't he? He should have been at war. That's where he should have been. And if you're not walking in your ministry, not working, serving the Lord, you're you're bound. Uh, the 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 prophet, the devil finds work for idle hands, and that is true, true. Um, and so so we can see where David, and we can see all these people, and and God God says, look, take take notice. These are examples. It means to to really. Knock our head with it with a, uh, the hammer in a sense, like a chisel and hammer, so we, we don't forget. Thankfully, so there's our foundation. God speaks f- through His Word primarily, but bless the Lord, God uses so many other ways. God uses people. Ooh, bless the Lord, He uses us. Um, let's let's read uh, two Corinthians seven, five to seven. When we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We face conflict from every direction, with battles on the inside and fear on the outside. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. His presence was a joy, but so was the news he brought of the encouragement he received from you. When he told, when he told us 
how much you long to see me, and how sorry you are for what happened, and how loyal you are to me. I was filled with joy. Titus brought me joy because he brought the presence of the Lord, he brought encouragement, and that's why fellowship is vital. I'm, I'm, it's so many times we could, we could stay away and we'd miss God. And over the years, people have come, I remember, I remember many years ago, Jean, remember Jean White, uh, many, some of you do, some of you don't, and she used to come in a wheelchair and, you know, I'd be playing, I don't look up very often, but I'd look up and I see her worshipping. And I'm thinking, Lord, you know, she's in a wheelchair there. You know, it stopped me being such a mourn and groaner. And I was thinking of Ken the other day, and I know what Ken's going through there. And he was just praising the Lord and worshiping the Lord. And it, you see, that's, that's God speaking through people to us, isn't it? Encouraging us and worshiping and, and uh, speaking life. And, and that's why it's good, good to get into biographies, autobiographies of, of godly men and women, because they speak to you. Um, I was a young man. I remember reading about Eric Little and watching the film, Chance of Fire, one of my favorite films. And that challenged me. And uh, he died a young man, really, only about 45. Well, no, he wasn't 45. He was about 92, 40, just, just shy of 44 he was. But his, his dying words were, it is complete surrender. It is complete surrender. And, uh, and, and those biographies, people should chant. God speaks through people, doesn't he? Uh, to, to encourage us to challenge our, our, our way of life and say, Lord, if, if that person can do that, well, there's no reason why I can't. So God uses people. Bless the Lord. Thankfully, that's why I encourage you, get into God's word, begin to buy good biographies, autobiographies of good saints that have gone before us. They challenge us and they give us insight and they teach us what God can do with us. So God speaks through people. Um, how about this then? God speaks to us, through other people's faults. My mum used to say to me, my mum used to say to me, and it is, we'll read the, it is biblical, Dave, when you see a fault in other people, just step back a bit now. Is God revealing your fault or faults through them? Ah, we start a saying in our house, is one finger pointing is three coming back. And uh, it is, it is, it is of human nature to see the faults in others and actually don't see the faults in ourselves. Let's read this. We know what, let's see how biblical that is. Matthew 7. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own? You hypocrite. First take your plank out of your own eye and then you can see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So it's our nature, isn't it? God, look at them, I did. And, but the Lord is using it to challenge us. Um, and we know that, again, we don't have to go there and Jesus is pretty clear then. He said, you hypocrite. He's not holding back there, is he? But we only got to go back to 2 Samuel um, and see David. Remember David? Nathan comes and says, I've got a story for you, Nathan, uh, Dave. And he tells him a story about the little lamb and, and the man who had all the flocks. He took the little lamb off the chap who only had one lamb. And David said, get him before me now. We'll square him up. <laughs> we'll sort him out. Now, he said. And uh, God used that sort of zeal to do things right and proper. And Nathan says, you are that man. You are that man. Because it's, it's, it is easy to see. I'm, I'm an expert in finding fault in other people, no doubt. I had three older brothers who would, who would help me along. And um, so, but when, when we challenge ourselves, so 
let me just say, the Lord uses other people, not just to encourage and speak to us, but also to, to show us our faults. So God speaks to us with, through other people. Now, of course, uh, we can go through the Bible, and God speaks. This is the more unusual. Let's go to the more unusual, and then we'll go to the usual. Um, God speaks with an audible voice sometimes. Um, I've never heard the audible voice of the Lord, and most of us won't. And if he did, I'd frighten me to death. I'm sure if the Lord actually audibly spoke, wouldn't he? But uh, he does. He does, and he can. Of course he can. Um, the Old Testament, we, we see it uh, you know, quite a number of times. But the New Testament is not any different. Um, let's read. Uh, Paul, Saul he was, Acts 9, 1 to 6. I suppose there's a, there's a couple of good reasons why God spoke audibly there. Number one, there was the only thing probably that would stop Saul in his tracks, mm-hmm. because you know he, he was he was one of those guys who was he, he was laser focused, wouldn't he? Nothing was going to stop in that, and he thought he was doing the right thing. Of course, didn't he? he thought he was doing the Lord's work, but also, also for the work ahead. Remember what God was calling Paul to. And you read his testimony in 2 Corinthians, he's, this is what he said, this is what I've been through. Let me tell you, you know, we have a little bit of issue, don't we? think I've had enough of this. And he's, he, he's, he's been stoned, he's been uh, 39 lashes a few times, and he's shipwrecked, and he's this left left for dead. And, and uh, let me tell you, um, somebody's, oh Lord, I want to hear your voice. When the Lord speaks, there's a great you know, responsibility then, um, because the call was great on his life. The call was awesome in his life. So there's the audible voice of the Lord. Um, of course, uh, angels. Sometimes we, we, we think, oh, angels. Let me just say, some of us, and we'll just read now in a moment, we, we, when we get to heaven, we'll be amazed at what the Lord did and, and, and saved us from and, and uh, put angels in the way. And uh, as we said before, some of our driving... And, uh, <laughs> Maybe the angels have got off sometimes, but no, a good job they've stayed there sometimes. Uh, but let's read again. Again, New Testament, we can see it in the Old Testament many times. Of course, they, 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 some uh, the theologians say they were theophanies, or what they call Christophanies, a pre-incarnate Christ. We can see that uh, with Abraham and Joshua and, and a number of others. But let's read the New Testament, Acts 12, 6 to 9. And one Herod would have brought him forth the same night was Peter sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and the light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wits not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. 
Yeah, so he didn't really know what was going on, did he? I suppose when we're walking up like that, sometimes we're not. But uh, the angel came. And let's read uh, Hebrews 13. Remember uh, Hebrews, that we've been looking a little bit at Hebrews about and people who were just drifting and they were trying to drift back from the Lord and it was their, their sight and their hearing. And this is what the Lord says to them in Hebrews 13. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Entertain, be hospitable, because you don't know. You don't know. And um, that's another way the Lord guides and speaks. Sometimes we don't know, um, but God does. How about dreams and visions? Well, again, that is something that's more real to us Joel prophesied, didn't he? In the last days, young men visions, old men dreams. Not dreaming yet. <laughs> um, but that's, that's, that's the, again, that's the Old Testament. Let's look in the New Testament where we see prime examples of God using these ways of speaking into our lives. Acts 10, 9 16. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheep being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times. And then immediately the sheep was taken back to heaven. So God is trying to change Peter's thinking. His, his natural um, way of being brought up was he was a Jew. Don't bother with Gentiles. But God was changing his thinking. And he, he had to use this vision three times. That's our number again. Three, that vision to get his thinking. You know, it was a radical change of thinking, wasn't it? Not just, and, and God had to use that. And I suppose a vision or a dream is, is God actually using, um, in one sense, bypassing our, our natural thinking, using the, what we call the subconscious and, and that. Because sometimes we, we can resist, maybe. And God is good to us, isn't he? We can resist something what God is saying to us and uh, he drops a vision into our hearts or uh, on some. But again, be very careful because lining up with God's word again, what God said. I remember Stu when he was, um, he had a vision of, of a cliff and uh, going over the edge because he, he wasn't, uh, I have to ask him what the proper word, uh, wasn't saved. You know, that's that, and that grabbed his attention. You know, I need to get saved. Because I'm going over the precipice and I'm not right, I'm not ready, and I'm going down. And that's, you know, God uses that. God's good to us. And uh, sometimes our, because our, our natural mind resists what God is trying to say to us. So he has to bypass that sometimes and drop a dream or a vision in. Because sometimes we, we you know, that some people have had visions and, and dreams and you think, in our natural, what on earth? I could never do that. That's an impossibility. 
and we can again right through the Old Testament, Joseph and, and all those other dreamers and visionaries. Uh, Acts 16. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man in Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen this vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, including that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. See, Paul, now remember Paul, he didn't sit on his laurels waiting for the Lord to, to do, no. The Bible says he was trying to go here and he was trying to go to Asia and he was repelled, wouldn't he? The Holy Spirit wouldn't let him. So he was active. Um, sometimes we can be saying, Lord, tell me what to do. Well, Lord, say, come on. There's, there's certain things we need to be doing anyway, isn't it? Loving him, serving him, trying to witness for him and all these kind of things. Those are just the bit. And out of that, see, he's trying to do that. And the Lord says, he said, I don't know where. I'm trying to go to Asia. And the Lord stopped me. And then he has a vision of this man from Macedonia. He said, right, that's where we're going. So Lord uses these things to speak into our lives. Well, of course, the preach word of God, um, counsel word of God. That's it. How many times have the Lord spoken to me through the preached word of God? Many, many, many times. So many times. That's why, uh, you know. God takes hold of us and uses us and uh, to get the word out. Um, I remember as a young man as uh, in in uh, in camp. I was many times the Lord spoke to me in great camps over the years, and uh, it's amazing how you, you can remember those sermons that changed you. Remember, I said if you do something with what God has said, you will never forget it. I remember someone preaching on Matthew twenty six forty. Could you not watch with me one hour? Could you not watch with me one hour? And, uh, you know, I was a young man then, and uh, to, to, to spend one hour with the Lord, you thought that was forever. Yeah. It, it may, and when you think of it, in the light of, you're thinking, well, really, one hour, you know, we go, a film don't take an hour, do we? And then we'll, we could watch a couple of films back to back. An hour! But, you know, that was the challenge of the Lord. And, and a few other things at that moment, I was in university at the time, and a few other things the Lord challenged me. I tell you what, if I hadn't, I don't know where I'd be today because the, the lure of, of university and all the things going on there could have dragged me. I mean, I, I, Mike went away from the Lord when he was in university, and I saw that and thought, it's easy to do because you're out on your own. No one there, is it? And he easily lured away. So the preaching of God's word, the counsel of godly men and women, uh, uh, leaders and, and people who've, who've gone ahead, uh, 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 older folk that can say, no, this is, this is why I'm still here. This is how I've managed to keep going. This is how, and that's why it's, church is so wonderful. We have the young and we have the old, and the old can say to the young, look, this is the way. Don't go that way. I did that, and that's where I messed up. Come this way. This is how to do it. Um, so preach word of God. Absolutely vital. The gifts of the Spirit. Bless the Lord. God uses those to speak into our lives. Um, Acts 13. Again, let's go to God's word. Acts 13, 1 to 3. So there was a call of God in their life 
And the, the Bible said the Holy Spirit spoke into that. The, obviously a prophetic word or a word of knowledge spoke in and said separate Paul and Barnabas for this particular work. Generally, if not always, the gifts of the Spirit confirm what you really know. Confirm what you know you should do or shouldn't be doing. Um, it's just sometimes we, we, we struggle a bit and the Lord needs to give us a little bit of direction. But thankfully, um, they are not finished. Some, some churches say they have been dispensed with. Well, again, that is to take all of God's word and to twist it because we don't want to believe that. But let me tell you, we need the gifts of the Spirit and the supernatural more today than we've ever did before. And in fact, to say that Christianity isn't supernatural is ridiculous because it is supernatural by nature. To be born again is a supernatural experience. To take someone that is, is dead in sin and make them alive to Christ, that is supernatural in itself. So it's, it's supernatural by, by nature anyway. But we need, we need God in the house to speak. In. What, and I love these verses, I've said this before, 1 Corinthians 14. But if all prophecy, and there can be one that believes, the word of the Lord is being ministered and they come in the prophetic word and God is in the house and the Bible says they, they, their hearts are revealed and they on their faces God is in the place God is in the house see when God is in the house he speaks into our hearts and reveals um, and God, God thankfully God uses so many things as we said um, I was reading a, an amazing story somebody we um, I think UCB was talking about a Dogs this morning. This morning? Dogs? Yeah. And I read a story about a missionary, and he, he was um, in a particular tribe, and he took his dog with him, and uh, he was trying to translate the Bible into their language. And uh, he was trying to find a word for obedience. And uh, this particular tribe, <laughs> it wasn't such a word. Uh, they hadn't developed this kind of, well, it must have been a tribe of teenagers, maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, but they hadn't developed this, they didn't practice this particular obedience. It wasn't in their, in their vocabulary. So he said, how am I going to translate? Because you've got to get the word into their thing. And uh, thankfully he took his dog with him. And his dog wouldn't leave his side. If his dog wasn't with him, as all he'd do is whistle, his dog would be right with him. And the tribes, men, were, were, were amazed at this. And he said, uh, in their language, your dog is for you only. And uh, uh, he said, I got it. I've got it. Do, uh, your he is for you only. He is for you. He said, as soon as he, he was there, and he, he wouldn't be distracted. And he said, I found, I found the word. And isn't it amazing? God uses even, as we said, if he can use a donkey, he can use a dog. Can he? <laughs> Uh, I don't know about cats. I'm not sure about cats. No, I don't, don't, don't think you can use a cat, but dogs definitely. Yeah. Um, and but God uses it. Don't limit, hinder God. You know when you're watching the TV. Sometimes I don't know about you, but I watch TV. Sometimes something strikes me, Lord. Oh, that's so bad, and or or something stirs me, Lord. I need to pray for that. And uh, you know that that's the Lord speaking. Lord is is always speaking. He does not stop. He longs to commune with us. He longs. And of course, the Holy Spirit is within us. We have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He's always 
ready to lead us. Uh, let's read just a little bit further on from Paul. We read of a man called Ananias. And I suppose an anonymous man, just a normal man in the church, but God speaks to him or the Holy Spirit speaks to him and he changes the course of church history because he, he's obedient and he goes to speak to Paul. Uh, Acts 9, 10 to 18. And there was a certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Yes, behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. And he had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, and putting his hands upon him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man, how much evil he has done unto thy saints of Jerusalem. And there he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call upon thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way, and entered into the house, and putting his hands upon him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, as thou camest, has sent me, and thou, that I, sorry, that thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it been scales, and he received his sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. Again, initially there was a vision, wouldn't it? Because Ananias said, you've got to be joking. How are you going to see this chap? You know, he had a great, he had a, a, I'm going to say great reputation, a, a bad reputation. He knew why he'd come. He, 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 there was word gone ahead, isn't it? He's coming to arrest and imprison, if not worse, these people. God reveals to him in a vision, then speaks to him. And uh, why? Because Ananias was in, in, the, in, the, in the presence of the Lord. He was spending time with the Lord. God longs to speak to us. And because the Holy Spirit is within us, we need to be baptized or oh, fill us every day, every day, using the, the, the new tongue that he gives us. But we have um, the ability to hear the voice of the Lord. Hear the voice. Uh, Romans 9 verse 1. You see, because we are, again, we are tripartite, aren't we? We have the body, which we focus a lot of attention on, but it doesn't matter how much attention you focus on this body, sadly to say, it is decaying. Yeah? Um, and most of us on the other side of that, and it's going down, I've got, got a barn arm and a barn elbow for about two weeks, and I can't lift that 200 kilogram anymore. <laughs> I just put that on, on tape. And, and, and it's not shifting. Our body, then we have our soul. Our soul is made up of our intellect, our emotion, and our will. That's, but of course, then we have the spirit man. Conscience, intuition, devotion. Um, and of course, when we are born and we grow up, that conscience is still not too bad, is it, when we're kids? But of course, unless the Lord comes into our spirit and he reignites that, it dies, it's dead. Because uh, it becomes seared, the Bible says. It becomes seared hard. We don't listen to it anymore. But of course, when the Holy Spirit comes into my spirit, instead of my soul life dominating my, my life and my decisions and my behavior, no, 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 now the Holy Spirit is in my spirit directing my decision, directing my thought life, directing my emotions. But of course, what does he do? He needs God's word as well. That's why Hebrews four twelve, the word of God is 
cuts between soul and spirit. Lord, what am I to do? I feel like I should do this. This is a good idea. This is, this is what I want to do. And the word of God comes down and says, yeah, that's this soul life. That's not what it should be. This, it comes and the Holy Spirit takes all of the word and cuts between that. So this is, no, no, no. This is the way, Dave. Whatever you think, whatever you feel, whatever you want, that's not it. Because my soul, and of course, outside of Christ, people are dominated by their soul life. What they can see, what they can feel, what they can think. But of course, we, we as Christians, that's why Paul said, my conscience testifies. How does it testify? Because the Holy Spirit has now reignited it. That's why we come alive. That's why Romans 6, 7, 8 is so vital to understand. Now we're being led by the Spirit. If we're not, we're none of Christ, he said. None of him. We've been led by him. So he, he guides us. And we understand that. We, we, we know as Christians, we've, uh, we, we do something and there's a nag, that conscience. The Holy Spirit is nagging. Dave, what have you done? Why did you say that? Why are you doing this? Why are you going there? Stop. Or he's saying, Dave, you need to do that. Look at that. That situation. You need to do something about that. You need to say something. You need to do an action. Or He's always impressing upon us. To do things or not to do things. Why? Because we are in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We're in, in partnership with him. He's in us. He's with us. Um, that's why he said he will not. John 4, 14, 15, 16. I will not leave you comfortless. I will send the Holy Spirit who will be with you and will be in you. Bless the Lord. So he's guiding us. Uh, if we will, but again, open our ears. Lord, get, let me be more tuned. Tuned. The sad thing it is, the less we listen, the less we hear, the less we, the more we ignore, the harder it is to hear. And uh, even as Christians, we can see us sometimes that our conscience harden us. That's why he calls it about hardness of heart, isn't he? We we've forgotten how to hear, and and that's not just general. That could be in certain areas of our lives, hardened in certain areas because. We've not listened. We've not actually enacted what God has said. And that's why we need to be intentional. We know what God has said on issue. Do it. Oh, Dave, I don't want to do it. I don't want to feel like doing it. Do it. Praise, give, serve, forgive, whatever it may, may be. Do it. Enact God's word and be intentional. Thankfully, we can do that, can't we? We can be intentional. And uh, go out of our way. Go out of our way to do God's word. And uh, when we do that... God, God loves that. God sees that. Um, so this is all the ways God uses. How about this last one? God uses, and uh, he does this many, many times. We talked about God's megaphone, maybe, I don't know, many months ago now. God uses circumstances to speak to us. <laughs> um, again, because generally in the West, in our world, we go along quite comfortably, don't we? And, and really, I suppose... I was thinking the other day, I was thinking, what is the real difference between my life than an, an, an unsaved life sometimes? What is, the, what is the great difference? How can they see the difference in me? And, and God has got to, you know, God is longing to do more in us. He's longing to change us, to separate us more to him and away from this world because this world is decaying and it is only for a temporal. And that's what the Lord's been weighing on me over the last quite a while temporal we've got one life we only use for a moment what are we doing with it how are we using it and um, Paul had to come to that you remember Paul was a, a really amazing brilliant 
we would call him a genius today, and uh, he had a lot of lot of uh, dying to do in a sense because in and of himself he was capable, as we know we can see from his writings he was capable. Uh, but the Lord had to really do a work in him, so he relied upon the Lord. And and this is these verses we've read before, but again speak to us how the circumstances that God arranged made him lean on him more, rely upon him more, and listen to him more. 2 Corinthians 12. Unless they should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. It was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to comfort me, lest they should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. See, God changing Paul. Paul comes to the Lord with a, a, a set view of this thinking. Lord, I don't like this. I don't want it. And it's getting on my nerves. It's a pain in the neck. Whatever that was, it's not really the issue, but it's getting on my nerves. And the Bible says the Lord speaks to him. And when the Lord speaks to him, the Lord changes him. The Lord says, my grace is sufficient for you. Rely upon me. Right. And now he's coming the other side. So, okay, Lord, I rejoice in all these things. I think the Lord have to give me more than one verse for that. <laughs> but, but you see how the Lord changed him because he, he comes to the Lord. They, that's, as we say before, when we have all these difficulties, the first place we do is run to the Lord. And the first thing I ask is, Lord, have I brought this on myself? Because that's the first thing. Because sometimes, you know, we say, oh, Lord. And somebody's thinking, Dave, that you've brought it on yourself because you did this, this, and this. And that's the first way I start. And then the Lord, okay, all right, this is your... What are you trying to say? What are you trying to do? I'm bringing it to you. And the Lord speaks into that situation or, or is trying to do some work in the situation to bring us closer to him or put more character into us. So tonight, the Lord loves to speak. Don't ever think the Lord doesn't want to speak to you. Of course, as we said the other day, if the Lord's already said something to you and you've not done anything with it, then it'll be highly unlikely, if at all, the Lord was going to say anything new until you do something with what you've already heard. Be intentional. If you're intentional with God's word, God is on a bound to put more revelation into you. Uh, he doesn't waste revelation, does he? He doesn't waste, you know, he's always speaking, but he doesn't waste it. God, and, and again, keep your eyes attentive, ears open, because God speaks through, as we even saw tonight, anybody, anything, even a donkey, Bless the Lord. And God can use you. God wants to use you. Don't ever think, oh, look, if you come and, and you, you are worshipping the Lord and you're bringing a verse of scripture, I encourage you. See, who knows what you don't really, we don't really know what's going on in every part of our lives, do we? And that verse, that you just worshipping the Lord can just encourage someone or speak to someone. And uh, uh, that's, that's, that is what God wants to do, loves to do. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.